Welcome to Charmaine Wilson, the Australian Medium Podcast. Good morning and welcome to my podcast where we discuss everything about love, loss, life and the afterlife. And today I'm talking about losing a sibling. Um, and because I really haven't discussed this at all. So I'm going to start with my own story. But I want to conclude this story with um, some observations that I have made over the years when people have um, lost a child and they have remaining kids. And I also want to talk about sibling guilt grief, okay? So that's where I want to go. So my story is my brother passed away when I was 17. I will remember that day like for the rest of my life. It was so clear, so it's still so clear in my memory. Now, that particular, the night before my brother passed away, he'd stayed at my house. He often did. He stayed at my house a lot um, and he would drink my um, milk and eat my special K cereal. I remember that. It used to make me so mad. But um, <laughs> because, you know, he'd come home in the middle of the night and just pig out and I'd get up in the morning, there'd be no milk, no bloody special K. So we would fight about that occasionally because he wasn't officially living on my couch, but he was basically living on my couch. But this particular night, he was really excited because the next day he was moving in with his girlfriend, Karen, and they had got themselves a, a cabin at a caravan park, you know, like a trailer type deal. Um, anyhow, I, I never got to see that because he never got to move in, unfortunately. So that morning, um, I wake up early with him. Um, I think that um, Crystal's dad had already gone to work. And he was, it was just Martin. Martin was my brother's name. And he was there. And, um, and he was really bad with his asthma. Now, anyone who's an asthmatic knows that the one thing that you don't have to let go of is your ventilin spray. But I was concerned because he could not breathe that day. It was really bad. So I gave him um, what we used to have then was a Quibrin, was a tablet to help alleviate asthma. And I said, would you like to take my ventilin? He said, no, 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 I'll be right. I'll be right. And I watched him right away and I remember what he was wearing. He was wearing black jeans, a white T-shirt and he had his helmet on and he said, can I leave my helmet here, Karen's helmet here and I'll see you this afternoon and I'll pick it up. Anyhow, it was about six in the morning I think and I watched him right away. He turned around and it was the only time I ever remember him turning around and waving and you know those really weird times when you take a photograph? Well, I took a photograph and I remember that I can still see it like I took the photograph, like I have it in my hand. And there he was in his T-shirt and that. Anyway, about an hour later, I was listening to the radio that morning and I heard that a motorcyclist had been killed in Cleveland. And I'm drastically going through my head thinking, oh, gosh, I wonder if I know who that is. You know, like I wonder who's – because in my knowledge, my brother was at work. I thought that he'd been at work and he worked probably about, oh, not that far, maybe like a 10-minute ride, tops, tops. So I, I thought he'd have been at work. <clears throat> anyway, so the day goes on and it was Friday, so it was shopping day. So my mum come and picked me up and me and my mum and my daughter, Crystal, we went um, shopping like we did every, shop, every, every Friday. Now, the week before, my mother had actually taken me into her sewing room and showed me her wills because she was convinced somebody was going to die. She just knew it wasn't me. For some reason, she knew it wasn't me, but she knew someone was going to die. So the, the, just the week previously, she showed me that. 
Now, we got back from shopping probably around about half past ten that day and my stepfather was waiting for us at the door with the news that my brother had been killed. Um, that, was, that was my brother on the news. That was my brother who they were talking about on the radio station. And, you know, anyone who's been in that situation knows how, how incredibly shocking that is. I remember so many things about that day. It's weird how... how Crystal had her first Easter egg that day. She was only four months old and she had chocolate everywhere. I remember all this clarity, all of this clarity. It was just incredible. The date was the 2nd of April, 1982. And I remember it like anything. I remember it like it was yesterday. And um, and then it all started, the grief. I, I, I'd never experienced grief like this before. I, I didn't. It was so hard for me to comprehend that my brother wasn't coming home. We sat down and watched the news that night and he made the news. Uh, that vision stays in my, stayed in my head for a long time. I don't dote on that vision. Don't put, put it that way. I don't dote on the vision that was on the news. But it was horrifying for me to see because there was two things on that that really got me. And the first one was his boots. Now, his boots were too big for him. And he'd been complaining about them being too big. But, you know, it was the 80s. No one ever had money, so you just had to wear bigger socks. And um, and his boots, because they were too big, one was on one side of the road and one was on the other side of the road. And I still get upset when I think about that guy. I'm not going to ball. But I always think about that, him having that impact and uh, those boots flying off. It always It's always got me, always got me. Anyhow, what actually happened was he had been at work and the asthma had gotten worse and worse and worse. So he had decided to go home and use his um, Ventolin machine. So that's where he was headed. He was headed home to get his Ventolin machine. So um, now he already had his little cabin, so he was going back to his cabin. His Ventolin machine was, was, was set up there, but he just like stayed at my house because of the food, I suppose. But anyway, so he went back to his little cabin. Now that was at one position. Now, I, I, to this day, I do not know why he went the way that he went. He went the back way to his his, his new little cabin and um, and, he, and he went through a, um, a an intersection and at this intersection were two cars waiting at a stop sign and one car went through and the other one automatically followed without stopping at the stop sign and that was the end of my brother. He never ever – he broke his neck – um, and had massive chest injuries. He hit the side of the car at 80 kilometres per hour and that was the end of that. And um, But what happened afterwards is what I really want to talk about. Now, as a sibling, uh, many of you would have found out by now if you have lost a sibling that there is a little bit of a guilt grief that goes on. This guilt grief is normal because we don't always get on with our siblings and, you know, not, not, not all the time through our life. I often think to myself, and I know that this is weird, but I often think to myself, there must be a reason they separate puppies at birth because some kids just do not get on within the family. This was very true of my brother and myself right up until my daughter was born. And when my daughter was born, he changed his attitude. We became pretty good mates. He still drove me insane and frustrated me, um, but that was because he was my brother and I could be my complete real self with my brother. And I think that most of you will know that. And, you know, it's not until you become adults that you start to lose that distance between yourself and your siblings. But when you're growing up in the same house, you can be your complete self. I also suspected that mum would have preferred that I died <laughs> instead of my brother. Now, I know that's not true now. But I remember going up to mum and saying, mum, 
I wish it had been me and not Martin because you're just so broken, Mum. I can't stand seeing you like this. If it had been me, it would have been better. And she's just, oh, for God's sake, Charmaine, shut up. <laughs> she said that a lot in my life. And, but, but I really did have this guilt. I felt like I hadn't been enough. I felt like that I, I could have been kind or it could have been nice or I should have done this, I should have done that. And I went over this for a few years until one day I realised, hey, hold on. <laughs> he was the same to me. And that's what we need to remember, particularly in sibling loss. Now, some of you out there are very, very lucky and you've gotten on with your sibling from day dot, envious. <laughs> but some of us, we will have arguments. My brother and I are both half Italian and we're both very hot-headed. Um, so, you know, we, we were getting into some monster fights and that really affected me when he passed away. It was not until I grew up a little bit more, because I was only 17, that I realised had it been reversed, had it been me who died, he would have been just, just as devastated and just as, oh, my God, I should have treated her better. I shouldn't have called her an S-L-U-T um, that last time because he used to call me horrible names, <laughs> bloody brothers, hey. But, you know, um, but it, it took me a little while to understand that my mum did not prefer it was him. She would have preferred none of us passed, but... I was a mere child, really, when he died. So I, I didn't know how to act or react. But for those of you who've just lost a sibling um, and you are trying to come to some reckoning, maybe you guys didn't get on. Um, at the, see, now I'm going to tell you this too. Now I've gotten older, I actually have other siblings, but I, sadly I don't talk to any of them. Now I, I'm admitting this because um, I think that it's important the people that you listen to, to, to let you know that life is not always you know, roses and sunshine anywhere. You know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of storm clouds around. Now, I have my, my mum and dad went on to have other children. Um, my mum had another brother. Uh, my mum had another son, which is my brother. And my dad um, had um, another four children. And uh, about four years ago, I found out he also had an, an illegitimate daughter um, who I found through a DNA test. Yeah, I did. Anyhow, um, so, so you know, these days um, I understand that, that the, me and my siblings have a lot of differences and I personally have stopped trying to reconcile them, okay? Now I'm going to tell you why and I, and I want you to understand. Now this is, this is all about siblings today. It's about losing them. And it's about being a parent of a child that passes and how to treat the other kids. But I'm just getting into this bit here because a lot of you might have lost a sibling or someone later on in life. And this is a possibility that this could happen to me. But I am not going to feel guilty for being apart from my siblings that I am now apart from. I have a sister and a brother on my dad's side that I will never speak to again. And the reason being is because... They are really, really nasty people. They are not good parents. One of them is drug affected. Um, the other one is has um, borderline personality disorder. And I don't know if anybody knows about that disorder, but it's very hard to deal with as a family member because they really can be quite um, violent and everything. So I can't talk to my sister. In both of those cases, I feel that they may... Um, be annoyed at me because I've succeeded. I never grew up with them. 
they grew up with my dad and my stepmom. So, you know, and I'm like seven years older than my sister, who is the oldest in that family. So we've got this big age gap. So if I'm, I'm going to be honest, if anything happens to them, I, I, I'm not going to feel bad or guilty about that. But I did feel bad and guilty about my brother because I severely and deeply loved my brother, uh, Martin. But the other ones I haven't really had a chance to get to know properly. And when I did, I found out that they weren't really liking me. So, you know, you don't have to be with anyone you don't like, okay? My other brother is a narcissist. Um, and unfortunately, anyone who's dealt with narcissism, this has developed over the years and came to full frontal. We haven't been getting on possibly for about 10 years before my mum passed and she passed in 2006. Now, I tried for mum's sake to get on after she passed and to, you know, uh, baby him like she used to, but I can't do that anymore. You can't do that with narcissists. Now, I'm not going to feel bad either if he should pass before me. I'm not going to feel bad because I'm going to tell you, and I tried, guys, I tried. And I know a lot of you out there have tried with your siblings and it has not been successful. And that's because it takes two to tango and two to communicate. And if they are angry at you for any reason, maybe you have a better house, maybe they think your mum and dad favoured you, it doesn't matter. If they get a bee in your bonnet, you can keep on trying, but they're going to keep hurting you. And there's a saying, there's a saying, well, you knowingly allow someone to treat you like dirt, you are creating bad karma for them. And because you know that they're going to come in and treat you like dirt and you allow it, it means you are allowing them to get bad karma and therefore you are going to get bad karma too because you are letting someone be nasty and even though it's you that they're being nasty to, you are allowing it and permitting it, which means you yourself are part of the problem, okay? If you continue to enable toxic family members, i.e. siblings, it's going to backfire on you. It's going to backfire somehow. So you are within your rights to cut whatever cords you want, no matter what your mum made you promise. It doesn't matter. They can, your spirit folk can clearly see what's happened since they've passed, okay? So if you, <clears throat> if you did have some misgivings because your brother was a narcissist, your sister was a crazy girl, and, and, you, nev and you never got to see them again or you never got to say, do not feel bad about that. Okay, because people have mental conditions that, you know, unless you're a trained psychologist, you're not going to be able to jump over. Okay, so just as long as you understand that. Now, I know that our mums do not <laughs> prefer any of us over the others. They might, you know, they might get on better with one of us than the other. But the truth of the matter is that no mother wants any of their children to pass away. But I do want to now talk to the mums who've had a child that's passed away. And I'm talking to mainly the younger um, ones. So say your child passed at, say, 20 years old or something. What happens then? Now, I was type of, in a way, if you can call it lucky, I was lucky that Crystal was my only child um, when she passed. So I didn't have to um, be a parent to anybody else. But I know that there's a lot of people out there who have other kids and whose child has passed and all they want to do, all you want to do is just crawl up into a ball and go hide somewhere for six months. You know, I know what you want to do, but you can't because you've got kids 
that are relying upon you. Now, <clears throat> the younger kids, you'll be able to, you know, like, you know with their, if they've had a sibling pass, just say lost a seven or eight-year-old, you know, you've really got to keep an eye on your younger kids there to see how they're coping and everything. Perhaps get them to a little counselling to get them to talk because they may not want to talk to you so much, but they are definitely going to have feelings. But I also suggest too that um, when you when you have lost a child, just as for your other kids' sake, is if you can get a weekend off even once a month to go and bawl your eyes out and just get all that grief out of you, please do so. Please do so. Um, I've seen a lot of parents who have um, been grieving and they have dragged their other kids into their deep level of grief to the point where you've got 10, 11-year-olds on antidepressants because their mother's grieving so hard that they become very depressed themselves. So, um, And I know it's unfair, but if you have lost a child you have, you, and you've got other children, you do bear a responsibility to your kids. And this is what I suggest that you do so that you can regain some type of bloody sanity because it's going to be it's a really hard thing to do. From everyone I've watched try to do this, it's a very hard thing to manipulate. Number one, this, I'm going to give, give you some points. Number one, most younger children, say under the age of, say, seven or eight, will bounce back a little bit quicker, okay? Let them. Let them bounce back. If they're laughing, playing, being noisy, um, and it's only been a few weeks or a month since your other child has passed, let them. Let them regain their normality as quickly as possible because kids are more resilient than us. We feel, and not that they don't feel or they're not that they don't love their sibling, it's that they are bouncing back normally as they should be, okay? Let them. I have seen women who have gone mad at their children for being excited about Christmas because they have a dead brother. Don't be that mother. Don't be that mother, okay? Um. The other thing that I think if you have older children, say in the 20s, make sure that you spend one-on-one -on -one time with your older children if you were given that opportunity and also talk about them, particularly if a little time, bit of time has passed, say you're down a year or two and, and, and us mothers, we're going to feel this grief uh, intensely for a lot, uh, probably uh, mothers and fathers, excuse me, um, for a little bit longer than maybe the kids are going to feel that intensity. Um, but just make sure that when you go out with them that you make that, that you know, especially if it's been a couple of I, – I understand, like, in the first year you might want to always talk about the brother, son, um, sister, uh, daughter um, who has passed, and that's great. Me and my mum, we always talked about Martin. We enjoyed it. But I know that some kids get their knickers in a knot about it because they don't always want it to be about the person that died. They want their mum – to understand that they too have a life and they too need their mother. And I know that's harsh, but sometimes you just got to, you know, you just got to suck it all up out there, eh? Particularly if you're a parent. So if, if, you, if, you, if, if you fear that maybe you've been, you know, making everything about the child that's deceased, if you feel that maybe you've been putting that kid on the pedestal again, I mean, really assess yourself and really be honest with yourself. Have I been doing that? And if you have, make sure that you ask your older children out for a bit of a date, uh, a coffee date or whatever, and talk about what's going on in their life and try not to bring up the deceased child, okay? Because they need to know that mum's still available to them too. It doesn't matter if they're adults. They still need to know that. So, you know, I, I'm hoping that you listen to these words today. I'm hoping that you understand that our siblings 
our brothers and sisters. You know, some of them are in our soul groups and some of them aren't. My brother Martin was in my soul group. I know that for a fact. I know that with every inch of my being that he is part of my soul group and he will always be. This is not my last life with my brother. I understand that. My other siblings, not so much. I don't think they're going to be in my soul group. I, that's just the way I feel. I'm not, I, I don't feel any, um, any, any emotion towards the, the, them at all, really. Um, if, if the only one that I type of feel any emotion towards is possibly the one I found a few years ago because I don't want to be, um, I, I, I want to be kind to her because, you know, she spent her whole life looking for a family and she's finally found us. <laughs> what a rag muffin lot she found, huh? But, you know, that's, that's the truth is that we don't always get on with our siblings. So if one of them should pass away, and you haven't been getting on, if you haven't seen him for 10 years, don't eat your heart out of it. Don't go down the guilt row. There's a reason that you didn't get on and there was a reason that you didn't keep in contact, okay? Same reason puppies are separated at birth. <laughs> I know that's terrible, but we're, we're at eight weeks old because we're not meant to always get on with our siblings. Not all of our siblings are in our major soul group. Some of them are in our second or third soul group, okay? So I hope you understand that. I hope that helps you out a little bit. Um, I am going to um, leave that with you today and I hope that you have a wonderful week um, and continue to have a lovely Easter. Okay, I will see you soon. Bye-bye. She talks to angles. Oops. Angels, <laughs> you'll come back now. <laughs>